Hello everyone, this is Attack the Backlog, the podcast where I, Marcus Nez, try to make a dent in their backlog one game at a time. This is episode 20, Costume Quest 2. Costume Quest 2 is a sequel to Costume Quest 1. And I know you've been wondering if that's the case, and let me just tell you, I got that case, I opened it up, and inside was a costume. I put that costume on, and when I did, a little voice in my head said, I've got a quest for you, and you, and you too. And then I took that too. I also took you too, and I said, you know what, I can do this with or without you, so please just back off. And I got that too. And I got that costume, and the quest, I put them all together, and I got Costume Quest 2. And it was like, oh, it's a sequel. Of course it's a sequel. I don't know what the hell I'm going on about. But it is a sequel to the first game, a direct sequel to the Grubbins on Ice DLC for the first game. And I don't know if I played Grubbins on Ice. I booted it up after finishing Costume Quest 2, and it wasn't familiar. However... Despite not remembering if I played it or, or remembering much of the first game in detail, I was fine jumping into the second game. So you don't need any previous experience with the series to jump into Costume Quest 2, which is nice. And Costume Quest 2 starts you off as the brother and sister duo of Ren and Reynolds from the first game, along with your buddies Lucy and Everett. And in Costume Quest 2, your big baddie is Oral White, Dr. Oral White. Dentists are doctors, right? You call them doctor, or do you just call them dentists? I don't know, but your big baddie is Oral White, the dentist. And this makes perfect sense because dentists are the worst. They are pure evil. The word dentist is one letter away from the word devil. Don't look it up, just trust me. You may be thinking to yourself, well, that doesn't sound right. Uh, let me beg to differ. And if any human being is going to have a problem with Halloween, it's going to be a dentist. Though, at the same time, that's kind of a bad business practice, given how much money all that candy will bring in. Ooh, cavity here, cavity there. Cavities everywhere. So it kind of seems a bit too altruistic for a dentist. I know I'm really shitting on dentists, and if any of my listeners are dentists or related to dentists or in a relationship with a dentist i'm sorry but you are dating related to friends with or are in fact a monster anywho so the story of cosmic quest 2 revolves around this dentist who is looking to rid the world of Halloween and candy and wearing costumes and all that delightful stuff. And how he plans to go about accomplishing this goal is by retrieving this relic from the past, this monster doll, which prevents monsters from entering the world. So he makes some kind of deal with this time monster by the name of Chronoculus and goes back in time to when he was a mere child who was very sad and disappointed about not being able to trick-or-treat or eat candy and he goes to the swamp area takes this relic and then it opens up the portal that lets monsters in and then because of that and some other stuff maybe probably i mean that can't be the only thing but because of all that monsters have come in he becomes the mayor governor whatever and the world is a much darker place and you realize something is going very wrong when you are back in your own timeline and suddenly your candy 
and your costumes, they just disappear. And then some adults come from some kind of time portal, and they pull you in, and they take you to the future, and you're like, what's going on? I don't know who these people are. And then you look at him, and you're like, you look a lot like Lucy and Everett. And then you find out that Lucy and Everett got together when they were adults, and they had a little baby, and they got married, and ooh, it's so gross because you're still kids, but they're adults now, so it's perfectly fine. And they're like, this, you know, this dentist dude, he, uh, uh, he, um, you know, uh, kind of got rid of Halloween and candy and costumes, and uh, we, we need you to go back to the past and stop him from ever doing this. So, uh, yeah, we're going to just uh, send you off through this time portal to the past now, and you're going to have to go help us out. So you're sent to the past where you try and stop all this from happening in the first place, but you don't succeed. You end up defeating Chronoculus so that he can't jump through time anymore. Not Chronoculus himself. Of course, he can't because you defeated that little piece of poop. But or why can no longer travel through time, but it doesn't matter because before you stop Chronoculus, Dr. White was able to swipe that there relic and take it with him, making all this horribleness come to fruition. So you were sent to the future to try and stop him there. And the rest is history. And that's pretty much the crux of the story. You play as the same main characters from the first game, and now you're tasked with stopping this evil dentist from ruining Halloween and removing it from existence. And a lot of the game plays like the first game. You go around from house to house trick-or-treating or delivering or receiving packages for underground candy bars that are selling candy illegally, you know, like Prohibition with candy and you knock on the doors and behind the door there may be a monster or there may be a nice person who wants to just give you some candy or there could be a monster who's giving you candy because when you're in the future monsters are like hey get this candy to that dude okay keep it on the low low and i'll keep you on the ho-hos ho-hos aren't candy though ho-hos are what are, what are ho-hos delicious treats are they delicious? I haven't had a ho-ho in years. This isn't about ho-hos. This is about costume quests. So you go around these small little areas doing the same thing you did in the first game. It can be a little hard to navigate the, the areas because while you're able to purchase a map from this shady monster who wears a trench coat and sells you creepy treat cards, which you can use in combat, and I'll get to those a little later, but he also sells you maps and upgrades for your costumes the map will show you the layout of an area but they won't show you on the map so the maps aren't as useful as i would like them to be but after playing through the game you get accustomed to where everything is and you get a feel for it though i don't know if maps help with that familiarity or if it's just the act of going around the environment over and over again that you get accustomed to how it's all laid out yourself so that's a bit frustrating but you go through these areas doing quests thus the quest and the name while wearing costumes thus the the costume and the name and there's three of you thus the three the name no there's only two but you have your collection of costumes some with special abilities that allow you to access different areas and unlike the first game which only allowed you to move quickly when wearing the robot costume every single costume in costume quest 2 allows you to speed to the area at a very quick pace which i appreciate you're basically wearing those 
stupid shoe wheels that I don't know if they still exist. They're not shoe wheels. They're wheels with shoes in the back of them. Uh, I don't know what they're called. I wasn't a kid when those were the hip hot thing. So you can move quickly regardless of costume. But like I said, there's some costumes that have special abilities. Like the clown has a horn that you can just blow all the time and make annoying noise for you and no one else because you're not playing this with another person. So you just be driving yourself crazy. And there is an achievement for blowing the horn a thousand times, which I got because why the hell wouldn't I? It just means rapidly pressing the B button like a thousand times. I don't know why I had to say like a thousand times. It is literally exactly 1,000 times. And you use this in some musical competitions, but there are other abilities that are more practical, like the fair costume, which has a cane you can use to get across zip lines, and the pterodactyl costume, which has these big wings you can flap to blow big piles of leaves away, or the ghost, which allows you to go invisible and traverse through areas you otherwise would not and it adds a slight puzzle element to the environment and figuring out what costume you need to get to where you need to go though most of the time when you're stuck and don't know where to go it's because you have to unlock a costume which will allow you to go where you need to go so there's not much thinking involved and the combat is very reminiscent of the first game still simple yet always engaging because you always have something to do despite the simplicity of it all you have a basic attack, a special ability which builds up over time while attacking and defending, and the ability to run away or use the creepy treat cards that I mentioned earlier, which are cards you can play once every three battles, and these cards will buff your characters, give them extra attacks, heal them, give you extra XP or candy. Candy's used to purchase upgrades, other cards, heal yourself in between battles and those are the only things you can do during a battle attack use your special ability run away or use a creepy treat card and that may sound really simple because it is but what keeps the the combat engaging and every battle fun is that over the course of the game you unlock the ability to do a follow-up attack a counter attack to block and the way you go about doing this is that when you attack and you time it right, you'll get the ability to do a secondary attack and then you can attack them again by pressing the same button. Or with a block, you press the button that corresponds to the character who is about to get attacked at the right time and you'll take less damage. And then with a counter attack, you hold the button and then let it go just before they're about to get attacked, which is more risky, but can provide you with a more advantageous outcome. And these simple mechanics keep you engaged in the battles because instead of just pressing a button and then watching the attack play out, you still pay attention because you're going to be pressing a button again. And I like that because it makes it fun despite its simplicity. Though having gone back to the first game, I do prefer the way combat worked in the first game because unlike the first game, every single thing in Costume Quest 2 is very straightforward and it's all the same across all the costumes and all the characters, which is to say, when you do a follow-up attack, you're always just pressing the same button with each character. Each character has their specific button, so you'll have one that corresponds to A, one that corresponds to X, and one that corresponds to B. And it's always the same for them. Whereas in the first game, you would attack an enemy with one character, and the follow-up attack would be a randomized button that didn't correspond to the character. And I like that because it kept me on my toes, whereas in Cosmic Quest 2, I don't even have to think about what button I'm going to have to press because it's always the same, which 
is a little bit of a letdown. But overall, I really enjoyed Costume Quest 2. It's short and sweet. It took me about five hours and never wore out its welcome. And I'm very happy that it kept the charm that the first game had because that was my biggest concern. I thought it wouldn't be as special as the first game. And I still prefer the first game, but Costume Quest 2 is a very good sequel to the first game. If you've never played the first game, I would recommend playing that. If you have an Xbox One, it is now backward compatible, which is great. But like I said, you don't need to play the first one or the DLC to enjoy the second game. It is very much its own game. So that will do it for this here episode of Attack the Backlog. Once again, I'm your host, Mark Kuznez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sauces. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Sausage podcast, which are both available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or the Pixelated Sausage podcast, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage if you'd like to check out the art i make you can go over to pxsart.com if you see something you like click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the pc fancy and if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do please go over to patreon.com pxs and support us that way and as always thank you for watching or listening i hope you enjoyed this here episode and i hope you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day